1: Hey sports fans, coach Nick here and I just wanted to drop in for a quick second to tell you that this podcast is really gaining popularity And in order for us to continue growing like this, I'd love it if you could rate and review us on iTunes Plus, I'm always excited to hear feedback and continue to improve our content based on what you want to hear I know I'm in, are you? Why did both Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak get fired? Will Magic Johnson turn the Lakers into a contender? Who won the trade between the Lakers and the Rockets today? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown podcast. Today, I'm excited to bring on the show Trevor Lane, who's a senior writer for Lakers Nation and host of CourtCast, the Lakers Nation podcast. So, Trevor, thank you for coming on a little late night podcast here to talk a lot about what happened today, the carnage, the insanity, the Lakers. Where should we start?
0: My goodness, it has been an incredible day. I mean, well... First of all, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it, and um, and you know I'm glad to hop on with you anytime. But uh, man, this day has just been insane. It's been nonstop, one thing after another, one rumor after another. And I mean, all I can say is I love NBA basketball. This has been this has been great seeing all the all the activity around the Lakers. It's certainly been been an exciting day. But I, I guess the place to start would be at the beginning. I mean, the Lakers this morning announced that they were letting go of their general manager, Mitch Kupchak, and the head of their basketball operations department, Jim Buss, who also owns part of the team. They removed him from that position, and they brought in Magic Johnson. I mean, what a what an incredible move. I guess the, the writing has been on the wall for that for quite a while since Magic was announced as an advisor for the team. But to see it all go down just a few days before the trade deadline... Uh, It was certainly shocking to say the least.
1: Well, let's go through the timeline because I started doing some searching through to find out like what was, how did this all work? And I found a great article by Kevin Ding on the 2nd of February that was announcing uh, them bringing in Magic as an advisor. However, uh, there already seemed to be the writing on the wall, and he even mentioned it there where there was already sort of grumblings in the background that Mitch Kupchak might not be long for his job. And certainly um, he outlined how Jim Buss would get thrown out by a vote of the siblings. So, but you're right. The idea that they would do this um, two days before the trade deadline when there probably are plenty of trades they could make and we have want to talk about is, is, is insanity and so I have to imagine this. A lot of this is related to the boogie trade.
0: Yeah, you know that's that's the rumor that, that came out today that we saw was that you know Demarcus Cousins was a lifeline for Mitch uh, Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss that if they had been able to deal for him that maybe just maybe they may have been able to save their jobs. But when he went to New Orleans to the Pelicans for that, uh, shall we say, light trade package. Um, that was sort of the, the nail in the coffin for both Jim and Mitch, and that was when Jeannie made up her mind she was tired of of seeing superstars slip through their fingers and decided that enough was enough and it was time for a change.
1: So here's what I'm thinking happened. Let's think a picture of the, the scenario here is they announced the trade, and it, that was a surprise as well. And, again, like you said, it was not a great trade. In fact, um, Vlade got his hose cleaned, I feel like, on this one. But uh, Magic must have picked up the phone. Called up Genie and said, "What is going on? How can we have not made a better pitch to get Boogie Cousins? You need to have this, you know, the center. You need to have that guy. Like we've had Shaq and Kareem in the past. And then I think so that must have started it, right? Can you can you imagine any other scenario here?
0: No, you know that that sounds pretty accurate as far as as far as what went down. Uh, you know what? Let me let me throw in this one little little caveat here is that Ooh. with with This trade, the rumor was, or the word was, that Brandon Ingram was the piece that the Kings wanted, and that Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss decided that they would not include him. Now, stop and think about that for a second. They they knew that their jobs were going to be on the line with this move, and they still decided not to include Ingram. Now, that's either extremely foolish, or there's some noble element to this, where you've got Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss deciding that the future of the franchise is more important than either of their jobs, and I think that's a that's part of the story that uh, that is being underreported at this point.
1: Absolutely, and I don't blame them. I mean, we've talked about this a lot on our show. Um, you know, Boogie is a singular talent, but he also comes fraught with all sorts of baggage. And I've and I, I keep saying this. I mean, I've seen it live in person in practice before, and it's terrible. It's horrible. And I and, and now you're getting you're starting to hear um, some of the the Kings folks. You know, finally letting out a lot of steam and letting you in some insight into what was going on in the back in the background. That players hated playing with him, and I don't doubt it. In fact, they were talking about Stauskas almost being ruined by having to play with him on the same team and, and dealing with him every day uh, without anyone trying to uh, explain to Boogie that that's not like a, a good idea for, as a teammate. So I, I would agree with that. And I could also feel like, I mean, I always felt like Ingram, I'm kind of curious your thoughts. Is Ingram that guy that you think could develop into the star they've, they're looking for?
0: Um, he could. I mean, the, the jury's out. He certainly hasn't had that explosive rookie season that I think a lot of fans were hoping for. I mean, everybody was hearing, he's the next Kevin Durant, despite <laughs> despite me screaming, no, he's not. Um, it, it didn't seem to matter that much because because everybody heard, oh, he's the next KD. And and so they were expecting that. And so people have been a little bit down on on Ingram so far this year. But but you know what? He's the type of player where at least once every game he does something and you just go, wow, that's 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 supernatural. That's that's not normal for a player to be able to do that. I mean, his his arms just seem to go on forever. So the potential is certainly there. But, you know, he's so young. It's going to take a while before the Lakers really know what they have. But out of their young core, out of D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Larry Nance Jr., and, and Ingram, and of course you can throw Clarkson in there, maybe even Tariq Black, um, and of course Ivica Zubats, who is, um, who is practically at, at godlike status here in, in Laker land. But um, out of all of them, Ingram seems to have the highest potential. Now I don't know what that means, that he's going to be a superstar or, or not, but he does seem to have the, the potential to hit that level.
1: And I don't want to, you know, throw any shade in anybody who thinks he's the next Kevin Durant because he moves like Kevin Durant. He looks the same kind of body that Kevin had coming out of college. So I I don't I don't I kind of understand where they're coming from. But I think the way he plays and his sort of the way he plays in the moment is more like a Scottie Pippen. And that's what he could develop into, which, you know, is a top 50 player of all time. Right
0: absolutely you know and and you're right you know he's he does move like katie when you when you see him out on the floor i mean he just there, there's some similarities that, that go beyond just body type the way he moves the way he carries himself and everything but he's not the shooter that kevin durant is so that's um that that's a big factor but you know what hey if he if he becomes you know whatever he becomes if it's you know people have said uh he's going to be the next uh de on or, or Scottie Pippen, or, or whoever. I've, I've seen Tayshawn Prince. I've seen all kinds of comparisons for him, but the bottom line is that if he gets to, to the level of some of those guys, that's a pretty darn good second overall pick. Whether or not he becomes a true superstar or not, we don't know. But, but you know, there's, there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about, uh, about the future of Brandon Ingram.
1: For sure, and so you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too upset about them not wanting to include him because I think what would the deal have been? Uh, let's go over that real quickly. It would have been Ingram. Um, I'm assuming Randall and you know who else.
0: Probably would have been Lou Williams.
1: Oh, so you probably would
0: have been looking. At, it probably would have been looking at at Ingram, maybe Julius Randall, and Lou Williams. We don't really know for sure. They haven't, they haven't said exactly what the deal would have been. It, it sounded more like the Kings said, "Hey, if we do a deal with you, then." Ingram has to be involved. And the Lakers said, okay, well, no thanks. We're not going to put him in there. And, um, and and that was kind of the end of it. That was the deal breaker. Was if there was no Ingram, that was it. But we can imagine that the Kings would probably ask for Ingram and Russell and then another piece. And the Lakers maybe counter with, you know, if they were interested in trading Ingram, maybe it goes to Ingram and Randall and and Lou Williams, or or it could have been Jose Calderon's expiring contract. Or, you know, you need a few of those pieces in order to to match uh, Boogie's salary.
1: Okay, so they so they said no, and then I guess the Kings went. You know, and by the way, blade in a candid moment, but probably a foolishly candid moment, said he had a better deal the week before. Now we're trying to scramble to figure out what that deal was, which could have been you know whatever the Lakers were willing to part with. Because I, I would imagine, let's say with yeah, if it, let's say it was Randall and um, you know uh, Clarkson and whoever, that's probably still better than what they got um, right. you know, although I also heard through the grapevine that, they, that the deal with um, New Orleans might have been better as well, and then after they waited long enough, New Orleans decreased the offer, and Vlade was like, oh crap, I better take this
0: well, that's interesting. I wonder what what else New Orleans could have added into the deal in order to to add value. From my my understanding, a lot of the the um, the reason for the trade for the the Kings part of it was that they were getting Buddy Healed. I mean, there was a lot of eye rolling going on around the league about them, uh, you know, getting Buddy Healed as the you know the main piece in a, in DeMarcus Cousins trade because healed has not been that great this season or, or anything like that. He's, he's been solid. I mean, he's a rookie. He's going to take some time to, to develop and everything, but they see him as this, um, this future star. And so that's how they were valuing healed. And it sounds like most of the league doesn't quite value him that, that way, or at least that highly.
1: Right. Well, let's get back to the Lakers a little bit because obviously that's, they're going to be our focus for tonight. Um, yeah. all right. So, they, they might have fallen on their swords or they might have just simply, I mean, I, it still is bizarre because I understand you know, the idea of like, let's protect the franchise, but still the franchise has been built on trading for you know these these superstar centers. So it was just bizarre that they wouldn't do it. So we, we kind of think it sounds like somebody must have called up Genie and be like, what? and it must have been a big freak out, right? Because you don't just make these changes that quickly without like a, a, a call, uh, emergency meetings and whatnot. So, okay, so they, they sit down with magic. Now at this point, magic had already signed a contract like he's in he's an official advisor on the payroll by by today right yes okay right so at this point so he's got influence and power so he said okay let's go do this um, we know that there's probably already some issues between magic and Jim Buss, right they're sort of like who's the favorite son of the dad
0: absolutely that's that's been something that's been um, sort of a subplot for for years and years now is is this um, this notion that, that Jim and, and Magic just didn't quite really see eye to eye. Magic has been extremely critical of, of Jim Bus, all of his tweets and, and comments on ESPN and, and other places. Uh, Magic has, has not been a big fan of Jim Bus, but he has remained uh, close friends with, with Genie Bus.
1: Okay, so... Um, so we have that issue and we knew that Magic coming in was probably you know looking, was going to take the job because he knew that Jim was going to be on his way out. He's friends with Jeannie. Jeannie's like, don't worry, we'll be able to vote him out. So obviously that's what happened, right? The other siblings got together. It sounded like, it sounded like the other guys too, Jesse and I don't remember the other guys, the other brothers, but it Jimmy. sounded like they were ready to get rid of Jim as well.
0: Yeah, it does. It does seem like um, in this instance, Jeannie acted um, acted on her own, but she did have the votes in order to in order to get rid of Jim if if they went that route. But that's um, at least that's what I've heard.
1: Okay, so fair enough. So they had that meeting now, um, but it was a little bit surprising that Mitch Kupchak gets fired as well. I mean, it's you know what's interesting about this is that I was kind of trying to figure out how long he's been the GM because remember he was the assistant to Jerry West for a long time and then but it hasn't even been that long since Jerry left. When did when did Jerry West leave?
0: Oh Jerry West gosh it, it all like 2010? together for me. Yeah, you know well no it was it was earlier than that. But you know what Mitch and Mitch was groomed for a long time to become the GM of, of the Lakers. So it's um it's something that it's a role that he feels like he it feels like he's been in for uh for quite some time now. And you know, as I recall, if I'm remembering correctly, one of Mitch's first moves was adding uh adding Malone and Peyton. And that was in uh two thousand three, I believe. So I know he had he had just recently taken okay. over then
1: all right. So it's been a while. It's been a while. So, you know, but was that as shocking to you as it was to me? I mean, the gym bus we can get that, that writing was on the wall and he'd actually right. promised to step down anyway, if they weren't contending this year, but what was it surprising to you that they, they got rid of Mitch now?
0: You know what? There, there's some ways that it is surprising just because he's been with them for so long. I mean, realistically, like, like Kupchak has been with the Lakers in one role or another since uh, I believe 1981 or 82, he's been around for, for a long, long time. This guy has been, Uh, pretty much a Laker lifer when you look at his his career and so so that element does make it a little bit of a surprise you know Jim as far as removing him from his position yeah the writing was on the wall but there's also the fact that that he's an owner he's not really going anywhere it's not like he's leaving the organization he's just you know being removed from that particular role whereas Mitch I mean he's being completely removed from the organization he's lost his job And so there is that that kind of sad part of part of all this because he's been around for so long, but the league is moving in a different in a different way and things at the top for the Lakers had kind of gotten stale. And there's only so many years that you can miss on free agents and that you can you can struggle to get meetings with teams and then our players. And then when you finally do get a meeting with a player, you get like the the Lamarcus Aldridge incident where it just doesn't go that well. It kind of falls flat And that kind of stuff can only exist for so long, especially when you have a team that's that's trying to rebuild. So it did feel like it was time for a fresh voice to come in.
1: So and the LaMarcus Aldridge thing was they gave him the Hollywood treatment, as I understand it, trying to pitch him on endorsement deals and all sorts of film and movie stuff. And I think that they misread that. Right. LaMarcus Aldridge is not that guy. Right.
0: Right, exactly. They went in trying to sell him on on everything else other than, you know, what what he would be doing on the floor for the team, because, you know, they didn't have much to sell him on the floor. So they so they had to focus on all these other things, all the peripheral stuff that Los Angeles offers. And so Aldridge wasn't uh, wasn't too enamored with that, especially when he goes and he meets with like the San Antonio Spurs and they just talk basketball just about the entire time and about how their team is. It has all this camaraderie and unity and everything like that, so it it just wasn't what he was he was looking to hear.
1: Fair enough. So you know, there there are some strikes, but then again, you know, certainly with Cupchak's resume, um, you know, it's very impressive. And look at what they have and who they picked. I mean, Zubats is a very good pick. Larry Nance is my favorite at Laker. Um, Maybe at the end we can go over my uh, Tariq Black. Uh, beef I have uh, with every Laker fan on Twitter uh, of all time we can talk about that later but you know there's some relatively astute uh, picks Jordan Clarkson was also a little diamond in the rough Uh, you know Russell I think is going to end up being a a legitimate starting guard at the very least right so um, you know their track record is a lot better than a lot of other GMs wouldn't you say
0: yeah, you know, you you can't say that it's been all bad. Certainly, their their drafting has been pretty good. People look at Russell and say, "Oh, well, he's not Porzingis." Well, that's that's true, but you know what? At the time, a lot of people were saying that Porzingis was a was a huge risk. So, so that that Russell pick isn't necessarily a bad one. I mean, they they did fine there, and and yeah, they've done a good job drafting players. You certainly can't argue with that. It's more the the free agency side of things mm-hmm. and getting things done in, in trades that has been the the big problem as far as uh, Cupjack and Buzz, at least in in recent years.
1: Okay, and, and fair enough. But the other thing we can say, and that Cupjack is probably if you give him a few drinks, he might you know sort of complain about the elephant in the room, which was the Kobe contract that they signed that pretty much hamstrung them from signing anybody for several years.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, they that deal they gave Kobe was was certainly. You know, it, I almost hesitate to say it's a mistake, just because seeing Kobe retire as a Laker and and putting up sixty points in the in his final game and everything. While they that may not matter as far as building a championship contender, that still has some value. I mean, as far as as far as Lakers fans go, that that's going to be an unforgettable moment. Now, is it is it worth a what $48 $50 fifty million dollar contract over two years for an aging, broken down Kobe Bryant? No, but you can kind of understand why they they did what they did even if it wasn't really the the right move at the time um but it did certainly slow up the the rebuild i mean you could argue that this is really the first true rebuilding year where the Lakers are solely focused on developing young players
1: that's very true now um to to go a little bit further here we had even more changes in house and that, the 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 most bizarre thing of all uh, of all the things that happened today I thought was that the Lakers also fired John Black their PR guy who had been there for 25 years and I don't understand how that happens especially now like that's the kind of thing you would wait until the season's over bring it you know get replace him, whatever and so what do you make of that
0: you know i I saw one theory on on Twitter and I, I wish I could remember who it was that, that tweeted it but it was such a crazy day that that, um, it seemed like everybody was was coming out with all kinds of things, but, but I saw one thought on, on him, and that was that John Black does a, a phenomenal job of protecting players who are already stars from from making mistakes and things like that, but as far as helping guys who are younger players to really build up their brands, he can be a little bit stifling. And I've had very, very limited interactions with with John Black. But for my very limited interactions, I could see where that could be could be true. But still, the the perception around the league was that he was he's very good at his job. So I don't even have a a firm grasp of exactly why that happened. I'm sure there are some things behind closed doors, but but I don't know what those things are.
1: Fair enough. I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of conjecture. You know, it's funny because, yeah, he had the reputation of being someone who was maybe I don't want to say difficult, but certainly like big time and treated everybody like they were still the, you know, the NBA champions when they weren't, um, which just makes it more difficult. And I just kind of wonder if that sort of trickles up and people sort of hear that. And, uh, you know, they're just like, well, let's just, you know, let's just start over now. Um, it's, it's a fascinating thing that I'm kind of curious to hear more about. Cause again, it's just the timing of it is so strange, uh, for him. Um, so what else do we have going on? So we have, so magic comes in, they get rid of bus, they get rid of Kubchak. Uh, magic is now the official GM, right? Is that sort of what they get in the title?
0: No, magic is, is now the president of basketball operations. Okay. And it sounds as though it, it's not official, but I mean, Woj has tweeted it. So this is, this is happening because it's from the mighty Woj, but, um, <laughs> The uh, the GM is going to be Rob Polinka. and Rob Palinka uh, used to be Kobe Bryant's agent. He's been agent for for a lot of different players um, over the years. He's uh, James Harden's a- agent right now. Uh, Eric Gordon, and in fact, that's how we found out about it because Eric Gordon was was talking to reporters about about Rob Polinka and the potential move. And Eric Gordon started using absolutes and and saying that it was it was a done deal. So that was how we we knew that um, that yeah, this is actually happening. Rob Polinka will be the GM. Because Magic is is so busy, he's going to be dedicated to the Lakers. But he can't be the GM and the president of basketball operations at the same time.
1: Right. I mean, I don't think anybody can. I mean, I think it's a uh, as we're learning with Vlade, if you don't have a command of the CBA, you're going to get you know fleeced. And yet he still he still has his job. But you know that's a real problem uh, without that. And that and it's certainly fair to say that Rob Palinka is a uh, com, has a complete command of the CBA, having you know negotiated for his players. Um, for all these years, I, I know Rob. He's a, you know a really great guy, and he certainly has that basketball mind. You know, he played at Michigan, so he was a former player himself. So um, I think this is an interesting dawn, and I, I, they're probably there are probably a lot of people they could have hired, but this this is a good hire. I feel like this guy is going to be able to uh, understand the ins and outs, negotiate, and also understand how to properly recruit players, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look at what the weaknesses of Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss were, right? Negotiating contracts, bringing in free agents and being able to really sell the team. And you've replaced them with Magic Johnson, who I don't think there's a single person on this planet who can talk with as much passion about Los Angeles Lakers basketball as Magic can. I mean, you want to hear somebody tell stories about what it's like to win as a Laker. Magic is your go-to guy for that type of thing. And, and then you've got Rob Pelinka, who is, is phenomenal at negotiating deals. He's got the charisma. He's got the ability to, uh, to converse with free agents on a, a more modern level than, than what we saw from Mitch or, or Jim Buss, who are both kind of more of a reserved personality. So in my mind, the Lakers have taken an area of weakness in their front office and turned it into an area of strength.
1: Absolutely. And so no, that, that's good. So the moves, they're slowly, slowly showing everything up. <clears throat> and so now we come to the moment where, OK, they're in the middle of the trade deadline week. It's insane. And I don't know how you'd ever expect to bring somebody else in. And then, then they're, they're able to actually pull off a trade, which, I mean, I wouldn't even know if Magic has all the numbers of all the GMs around the, uh, the league yet but they pull off a trade so let's go through that really quickly which is or we can take our time um Lou Williams is right. going to Houston for the corpse of Corey Brewer and uh what else did they get
0: and they get the Houston Rockets first round pick in 2017 and it is unprotected but that's that's really not going to matter because Houston's not going to be a lottery team anyway but it is unprotected
1: right so that pick is going to be 25 whatever, right? Twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, something like that. Not not a great pick, even though it's a deep draft. Uh, right. There are only a handful of you know, I guess players picked at that, that that late that have ever amounted to anything. But you never know,
0: Larry Nance um, Jr.
1: There might be a Manu in there or something like that. <laughs> um, so, what do you think about the trade? Who won? Who wins this trade?
0: You know what? I, I think it's it's fantastic value for Houston because as. As much fanfare as Lou has gotten this season, I, th- I think he's actually been a little bit underrated when you look at, at just his raw numbers. I mean, the, the production that he's had on the floor, he's um, he's a he's a bad shot maker. He's a guy who takes shots that you look at and you think, man, that that is not a good shot. That is not a shot that you want a guy taking the flow of the offense. And yet he makes them. I mean, he makes things happen. He, I can only imagine how much of a terror he's going to be in Mike D'Antoni's offense. So that's a big, big get for the Houston Rockets. I mean, when James Harden goes to the bench, now you've got both Lou Williams and Eric Gordon who can get the ball and just light you up. That's that's pretty impressive. And the fact that they were able to unload Corey Brewer and only give up a first round pick. I mean, I I definitely like it from the Houston side of things. Um, a little bit underwhelmed from the Lakers side of things, just because there were so many rumors flying around about how many teams were interested in Lou Williams and how there was this bidding war and everything like that. But I'll throw this out there. Arash Markazi from ESPN tweeted earlier tonight that the Houston Rockets 2017 first was the best available 2017 first rounder in a Lou Williams trade, which means a lot of these teams that had, that were rumored to be interested in Lou Williams that may have had lower picks like, uh, like the big one today was the Charlotte Hornets. Um, those teams were not offering their 2017 first. They might have been offering 2018 or 2019 first rounders and the Lakers were prioritizing finding a 2017 first because it is it is a deep draft. So in getting that for Lou Williams, you can see that as a as a win, even if they did have to have to absorb the contract of Corey Brewer.
1: Right. And needless to say that they also they they might have their own pick if they can finish in the top three, which uh, it might also explain why they're bringing in you know, Corey Brewer because he's, he ain't going to help them uh, win too many games.
0: Right, exactly. You know, Lou Williams has been the best player on the Lakers. So just removing him off the team, that's going to hurt their win total at the end of the season. And right now they are one game up in the win column over the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are sitting at 18 wins, and the Lakers have 19 wins. The Lakers are have the third worst record in the league right now, and with that comes a 47 percent chance of landing in the top three. However, if they fall to the second worst record in the league, then that bumps them up to a 56 percent chance of landing in the top three, which is the same odds that they had last year. Um, so that's uh, that is a difference. You know, if you can if you can fall that extra. That extra little bid and get to that second to worst record in the league. Obviously it's it's a it's something that most teams don't want, but in this case for the Lakers, it would just be a gigantic win if they could keep their pick this year. So that's that's got value too. You yeah. Know, removing but, Lou. Adds value I, in that way.
1: I hadn't even looked at the Lakers' stats real, in a while, but like I am flabbergasted because Lou Williams is averaging you know eighteen point six points a game, playing twenty four minutes, and he's exactly. you know he's shooting forty four percent from the field and thirty nine percent basically from three on high volume. So and he's a you know great free throw shooter. So um, I don't think I realized that for some reason. Like he he's been doing some serious work out there, and you know what. His defense has probably been as good as I've ever seen it from him. Uh, I'm not sure what Luke Walton has done with him, and like even like Nick Young has been playing fantastic defense as well for him. Um, so, yeah, uh, wow, of course, uh, Houston definitely got the better of this deal, um, and it's exciting for them because they probably needed that fourth guard no matter what because of either the injury issue that could happen or just, you know, you need that kind of depth in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that's um, it, it's definitely a, a win for them, and and you know what I mean. <laughs> Hey, if I'm, if I'm one of the teams at the top of the West, if I'm the Spurs, if I'm the Golden State Warriors, if I'm, if I'm any of those squads, the Clippers, and I'm running up against the Houston Rockets, I'm, I'm definitely more worried today than I was yesterday. Now that they've got Lou Williams, because Lou has been just that good this season. Like you said, I mean, he is averaging a ton of points in in very short minutes. I mean, his per is 24.1. That's phenomenal. For a guy that's coming off the off the bench, you know, even his playmaking has been better this season. He's been better as far as mm-hmm. his passing goes, and and just across the board, he is turning in one heck of a season. And just uh, just on a personal level, I'm kind of excited to see him go to a, a playoff contender. Just to to see his his performance and his efforts this season really go towards something meaning, meaningful, rather than kind of being being wasted on a Lakers team that really doesn't need to win games at this point.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Let's get some more. Um, let's talk about the Lakers a little bit more about their roster because now they'll get more playing time. I suppose. I mean, if Russell is is, is ready to go, and then Clarkson will get some more run. I, I we might see more some more Metta World Peace or or my favorite Marcelo Huertas. Um, but let's let's talk about Tariq Black for a minute here because you know I got in trouble. I don't know if you saw this where you know it was you know December maybe I'm watching a Lakers game and I tweeted out. I should find it, but basically, the, the gist of it was that Tariq Black doesn't have NBA skills. And what I meant by that was that he doesn't have any really any offensive skills. Because, you know, no one, I don't, I don't talk about defense as much anyway, but I, I said he didn't have any, he didn't have NBA skills, meaning like he can't really shoot, he can't dribble, his moves around the basket are pretty bad. Like every once in a while I'll throw a hook in there or whatever. But people freaked out and misunderstood me and said that I, I said he wasn't an NBA player. Can you do you I, want to turn me around? Is this gonna can we have like some sort of uh, intervention for me?
0: Sure, you know I I actually I have seen I, to be honest I didn't know it was you that all those all those tweets were directed at but I <laughs> have seen I've seen all those comments from from all kinds of guys saying you know Tariq Black with a with a huge slam dunk but it doesn't matter because he's not an NBA player.
1: Yes, th- those are all directed at me and they don't even mention me anymore. Maybe they, they still do. I don't know, but it's terrible because listen every coach would love Tariq Black on his team, right? High energy, he gets rebounds, he really, you know, hustles and stuff like that, you know. But right. let's face it, like, there isn't really anything he can do besides dunk it on a putback or like an alley-oop uh, or drop step, you know, on a drive and a little dish to him, uh, right? Like, you see what I'm seeing, don't you? Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say,
0: like, like he's starting for the Lakers right now, but I wouldn't call him a starting center. But right. I, I think he he definitely has redeeming qualities. I mean, he's you've got a point guard with D'Angelo Russell, who I mean, the, the pick and roll is his his bread and butter. And uh, Black is is big enough, strong enough, and agile enough to run it very, very well. Um, he's a he's a nice roll man to have. Obviously, he's not gonna do much picking and popping or anything like that because he doesn't have a jump shot, but he's a nice guy to get rolling to the basket because you know defensive defenses have to stay honest on him. I mean, if they if they don't, he's gonna catch a lob at the rim and he's going to finish it. Um, he is a, an absolutely tireless worker. He he hustles like crazy out there. He, he's like a Tasmanian devil. I mean, when for that short period this season when the Lakers were playing Tariq Black and Thomas Robinson side by side, it wasn't always pretty, but it, it was some of the most frenetic basketball I've ever seen with, with two guys who just – go insane after the ball out there and um, it can be a lot of fun to watch. And and so he has a lot of endearing qualities when you watch him play out there on the floor. And, uh, you know, as a backup center, he, I think he's definitely not, not a bad player. I mean, he, he definitely has his, his shortcomings, but, um, but yeah, you know, I think he's turned in a, a good season overall.
1: Okay. I mean, I can go with all of that. And I've had to constantly like respond and reply and explain, like, I never said he's not an NBA player. I simply said he doesn't have offensive skill. Right? or so it's certainly what I tried to say, and uh, but again, I just want to be on record here, so everybody can hear me, that I like him. I, I as a coach, yeah, you would like to have a guy next that Certainly, as your you know second big man off the bench or something or whatever, but not you know, not necessarily starting. But listen, he's serving a purpose right now, which is uh, you know the crowd gets into it, but also they are they are gunning for that that top three pick and so right. this is the guy that you want to have in there because you know no matter what he can do on defense he's still short doesn't have like the long arms not really quick so he's just simply going to be limited by his physical abilities you know and, and you know against many teams in the NBA oftentimes it's just not enough but you're right the effort is there and uh, and that's what everyone you know should, should respond to and I do so I, I want to make sure everyone's clear out so thank you for for helping me understand that and giving me at least a chance to babble about this for a second Hey, no, um, no
0: problem. And let me let me add this about about Tariq Black. There's there's a lot of qualities he has off the court that are really valuable to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Just to just to give you a quick story here, I uh, you know I went to media day for the Lakers. It, media day is just actually absolutely swarmed by media. There's there's people everywhere, and a lot of the players are kind of uh, just scooting along on the perimeter. And they're you know, if you if you draw them over and get them, and ask a few questions to them, they're 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 totally fine and everything. But uh, but they're not they're not like seeking out reporters and and looking to to get into interviews or anything like that except for Tariq Black. Tariq Black held court in the center of the floor, stood there for hours on end, asked answered every single question asked of him and and he just tried to set an example for all the young players on the team. He's a, a really fascinating guy and, and he's quite a role model. You know, he just picked up a a master's degree. So he's the kind of guy that you want around these young players. So that certainly brings value to the Lakers as well.
1: Wow. Wait, what did they get a master's degree in? african-american studies okay wow that's that's very impressive so yes you're right that all all those things are terrific and i i think i even said by the way in that original tweet i said something about like great locker room guy like i know i mentioned that i have to go find it but uh anyway i mean that was terrific stuff and um listen i i think we covered a lot of stuff there's a lot of things to cover we kind of got into it and this was awesome i can't thank you enough for coming on and joining us
0: hey no problem anytime
1: you got it well don't forget sports fans at Ball breakdown not a channel we're a conversation you in are you in trevor
0: hey i'm in